turning today to the book of Romans and chapter 13, Romans and chapter 13. Romans 13, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, and the powers that are ordained of God, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation or judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also. For they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honour to whom honour. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, It is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no no ill to his neighbor. Therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Amen. Thank the Lord for this reading of his word. Let's again ask the Lord's help. Our Father, we commit ourselves to thee now and pray that thou wilt open our hearts to receive the word and pray lord that it may have a benefit to our soul and lord that we might be moved by it we pray father for thy presence and for thy help and lord we ask that thou uh, wouldst uh, instruct us in righteousness not just by mind but in heart and in soul that we might walk in obedience because we love thee in the saviour's name we pray amen I want to think about the 12th verse here and particularly about the words at the end of that verse where it says, let us put on the armor of light. Let us put on the armor of light. Of course, just in that verse, it says the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Hence, uh, armor of light and how important an armor of light it is, is what we want to think about here today. So the Lord has provided us with an armor, uh, which is an armor of light, clearly, because he tells us to put it on. We can't put on what we don't have. Uh, The Lord gives us that in the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, in verse 14, it says, uh, similarly, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. 
Put ye on the armor of light. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. It seems that these two things are uh, almost synonymous with each other, although there is a different description of this, that the Lord himself is our armor of light. We know the Lord Jesus, when he spoke to his Father in heaven upon the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, became uh, robed and white and glistening, uh, and uh, we, we know the fear of the disciples who were there as they looked upon him. So Christ himself is our light. Christ is himself is what we need. He, he needs to be dwelling in us, and he needs to be uh, coming out from us and shown forth by us. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul uh, should say, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. The life that I now live, I live by the strength of the Son of God. So uh, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is that which we need. We need to know him. And to get to know someone, we need to talk to him. And not only do we need to talk to him, we need to hear him. And we need to open our hearts up to him, that he uh, may affect us in everything that we do. So when we think about this provision of armour, we uh, first of all ask the question, well, why is the armour given to us? Why do we need armour per se? Why armour? What is armour? Well, armour, of course, is that which protects every part of the body. Uh, It is something which we don't have to think about. If you carry a shield, you have to be aware of where the arrows are coming from in order to move the shield into the right position to intercept them. But armour is there the whole time. Armour suggests then that we are in a situation where we are surrounded in battle, where we can be attacked from any side and all sides at the same time. Armour deals with uh, that lighter fire, <clears throat> of course, and uh, we need to give our attention to the heavier fire. Uh, we need to know the Lord Jesus Christ then. And I wonder often how much of the, he- of the lighter fire the Lord def- uh, defends from us uh, just because we are his and that we don't really even know about it. Uh, just the, the, the simple things of life which can become overwhelming and that the Lord uh, defends us from those because of this armour of light. So first of all, we might say then that we have this armour of light because of the dangers. And we are surrounded by dangers. I've said recently, and in our uh, thoughts also on James, which we put onto video, uh, for some of you have seen those, how that, that the circumstances of life are the things which we call temptations. Uh, we like to move the temptation away from ourselves into the objects which are there. So somebody might be uh, tempted by uh, money, somebody might be tempted by fame, might be tempted by alcohol, might be tempted by um, uh, pornography or whatever else it may be. And we like to put the temptation in those things and think that if those things weren't there, then we would be all right and we would be perfect. But in actual fact, what James says is that every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. The things are the circumstances of life. The temptation actually arises in us. It is our temptation. It is us who are moved to take hold of those things which we ought to avoid. So because of the dangers, we need an armour of light. Because we are surrounded by those dangers, we need to be able to see clearly what those dangers are. And it is the Lord who speaks to us concerning them and gives us warning concerning those things and then we can say that the provision of armor is because of the darkness it actually speaks here of casting off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor 
of light because of the darkness. We read together from Isaiah 8 and, uh, verse, and chapter 9, the first part of chapter 9. In Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 22, we read these words, And they shall look unto the earth, and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. That's what happens when we look to the earth. When we're looking to the things of the world to solve our problems, we find darkness because the world is filled and covered with darkness. It is a day of darkness. And that day of darkness, it appears, is across the face of the whole earth. Uh, particularly in these days, as we hear more about the, the whole earth, we hear more about the darkness. Uh, we've heard perhaps also, maybe I should have had that amongst those things, to pray for the people of Haiti and how there's been a, a disaster there and a, an earthquake and a storm. Uh, we've heard from Johnny Daniels that he is taking uh, truckloads of, of supplies uh, across to Haiti. Of course, he's on the same island. Half of it is Haiti uh, and the other half is Puerto Rico. And so he's on the same island and they're helping out there. And We need to be praying for them too. But there is a darkness there. Uh, these natural disasters... Think of Europe, which is a light, and California, which is a light, and those kinds of disasters. What help is there for us in this world? Every person seems to be looking after themselves, fighting for their own cause. But the Lord fights for us all. And the armor of light which he has given to us covers us so that we need not to go to the darkness for help, but to the Lord for help. And the Lord can supply every need that we have need of. This provision of the armor then defends us and lightens the path that we walk on. It's amazing. I don't know how we can really visualize an armor of light. But if we have that capability of visualizing things, you can perhaps remember what a suit of armor looks like with the helmet and the breastplate and the gauntlets and the greaves upon the legs and uh, the whole suit of armor. But imagine that suit of armor which is shining, not, not shining in the fact that the sunlight is glinting off it, but actually shining, that there is a shining one in the midst, and that that shining one is lighting up all the path round about them. And that's the armor of light which the Lord has given to us. And we are walking in darkness, and therefore we need the light of the word, of the light of of God, the light of Jesus Christ, to light the way that we walk. And then also we could say because of the destroyer. <clears throat> the destroyer is mentioned in Revelation and chapter 9 and verse 11. It speaks there of uh, locusts in actual fact. But it says, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. <clears throat> but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. And those two words, Abaddon in Hebrew and Apollyon in Greek, means destroyer. He is the destroyer. <clears throat> and because of the destroyer, we need an armor of light. Because the destroyer walks to and fro in this earth, causing trouble. He causes trouble in the hearts of men. He causes trouble by the actions of men. He causes trouble in all the ways that he goes and sometimes it doesn't very take very much because of the lusts of our flesh which are already in us, which we have already mentioned, drawn away of our own lusts and enticed. It, it doesn't seem to be very difficult uh, for the destroyer to get into the midst of even the best intention plans 
and get people to do things uh, which cause problems and troubles all around them. Uh, and uh, just the suggestion to the mind sometimes can be that thing which begins uh, problems and troubles. We think at the moment the media to a great extent has turned against Joe Biden because of pulling out the troops from Afghanistan. Uh, but what was it that precipitated that? Uh, what was in his mind? Uh, how did he come to such a conclusion? How is it that he was able to do so without anybody else uh, coming in and, and putting in their uh, ideas and their thoughts? Uh, and have they all sort of uh, slunk away into the darkness? Uh, so just let him take the flak and we'll come back after it's all over. But what goes on? What, what is it that causes these different things? What is in the minds of these, of these um, uh, men who uh, are now controlling Afghanistan? What is in their minds? What is it that they think? Do they uh, seek, think that they are worshipping God by murdering and raping and destroying all around them? Do they think that that is what their God is? What, what is it that, that works in the heart of man? Well, the destroyer is at work in this world. He is at work. And there is perhaps worse to come. The, the uh, scripture tells us that uh, he is bound for a thousand years, but he will be loosed and he will gather together Gog and Magog to battle. So maybe it's worse. It depends on your eschatological view, I suppose, uh, as to how you will take those thoughts or those words. So first of all, then, there's this provision of the armor and God gives it to us because we need it. God doesn't give us anything that we don't need. He gives us that which is needful. And therefore, the, the, the apostle here says to us, put it on. Put it on. Don't just consider it as, as being something that's there or something which the Bible talks about, but actually make sure you actually put it on. Well, we read of the armor, of course, in Ephesians, don't we? And uh, there is a book by William Gurnall all about the armor and how to put on each piece of the armor with prayer when we arise every morning. Putting on the armor of God that we might be protected from the things which are going on around us every day. But we need to be putting it on. Well, we'll come to consider that in a, a small moment. But then, secondly, from the provision of the armor, armor is the properties of the armor. What is it? Well, of course, the armor is an armor of light, so therefore it's inspiring, isn't it? Imagine being actually cloaked physically in an armor which shone, which, which lights the way, and you can stand in the midst, and it, it's actually an armor of light. Imagine in days of old where the knights would fight uh, in the mid midst of a battle, and then a knight would appear upon the ridge uh, going into battle, uh, and his actual person shone. There was an act from him. What fear that would put into the enemy, and what inspiration it would give to the wearer. It would be unique in such a situation. And so it is inspiring to us to be clothed with light. It's, it's a most wonderful thing. You know, in the day when we are in the presence of God in heaven, surely the scripture tells us that there, was, there is no sun or moon there because the Lord himself is the light thereof. And we will be clothed in light because the light is in us. The light is with us. We will shine in that day. We need to be shining in this day also as the heirs of glory. Then also it is illuminating in the shadows. Uh, we know that 
we have already said concerning the darkness. But that is a property of this armour that it illuminates the shadows. It doesn't just illuminate the shadows for us, it illuminates the shadows for everybody. And so even the people in the world will see the dangers that are there, which they might so easily fall into because of the lusts of the flesh. But they will see them because we see them. And because we uh, make comment on the dangers of this world. People just seem to follow, don't they? They seem to do whatever is told them in this day and age. Uh, there was a, a piece in the newspaper during the week that apparently uh, swearing has declined. But the old word, uh, the, the uh, B word, if we might uh, be so bold as to go that far, uh, the old B word is not now the word which is used the most, but now the, word is the, the, the F word is the word that's used the most. So people are still swearing, and I'm not sure that it has declined, to be quite honest. I see, seem to hear far more of it. And certainly on the media... On the television, uh, the, those words are used much more. And there are words even uh, considered to be more uh, vile than that, which are used too. But people follow, don't they? And the reason why the B word is not used so much is because now all they hear is the F word. And so that's the one that's used the most. People just pick up whatever's going on around them. And we think about the age in which we live and the propagandas of certain things which are going on and, and there's a, a kind of a manipulation of the people and people just follow. And they say, oh, well, it doesn't make any difference to me. They don't realize that it does make a difference to them and it certainly makes a difference to our children and our children's children. But we are to be those who are in the midst, clothed with light, pointing out those things so that people might consider them. Then also it is intimate in its protection. We've already mentioned the shield, and the shield, of course, goes on the arm, or a buckler, uh, which might go on an arm as well. And we think about the, the, the shield, which needs to be moved to the situation and to the battle, but the protection of armour is that it's intimate, that it's fitted to your body. And if you've been to some of the royal palaces, you may have seen uh, a suit of armour which was made for King Henry VIII, for instance. And that it was made for him. It was made to fit him. It wouldn't be any good to, uh, to me, for instance. Uh, or to most of us, probably. So it is intimate in its protection. It protects every part. It is invigorating also in battle. The scripture says, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. And we are in a battle. We fight not against, uh, uh, against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. We, we need to be invigorated. We need to be, we need to be confident that the Lord will keep us and watch over us. And there is a confidence which is given in armour. If a knight would enter onto a battlefield against the peasants who had only uh, their, their um, ragged clothes to fight in, and even if they had a sword in their hand, what would they think that they could fight against a person who is clothed in, in steel? So it, it gives a, an invigoration to us that we, can, we have the victory in Jesus Christ. It's individual also in appearance. Of course, if it is um, intimate in protection, built for us particularly, then it will be individual in, in appearance. 
But of course the, the light which radiates from us and from you as an individual will be slightly different to that which radiates from other Christians. We will have different talents, we will have different ideas, we will have different uh, values uh, <clears throat> under Christ. And so everything will be, be different, but nevertheless it will all be in light, it will all be on, on, for the glory of God. It is an impediment to the works of darkness. Uh, the sneaky attacks which come in the darkness where the devil likes to work and where much of the wickedness of this world goes on, we have to say. But to have a, 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 an armor of light means that those who are seeking to sneak up in the darkness to destroy cannot do so. They can't do so because we're surrounded by light. And if darkness is the tool which they want to use, it's not going to work on someone who is surrounded by light. They can be seen. And then finally, concerning the properties of the armor, it is intimidating to workers of darkness. John 3 and verse 20 and 21, we read, Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. It was always told to me, uh, when you start school or you start a new job, make sure everybody knows you're a Christian from the beginning. And the temptations will be less. Why? Because if they know you're a Christian, they won't come and suggest certain things because they'll think to themselves, well, they won't do that, so we won't ask. And so some of the temptations which might be set before us are not set before us because we are known. On the other hand, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And this happened to Marana, in fact, when she went to university. You go into a class, you don't know anybody. As soon as somebody knows you're a Christian, you find out that somebody else is a Christian. Because they have an armor of light and you can see them in the darkness. And so it has <coughs> these <coughs> tremendous properties light for every benefit which it brings. <coughs> so we go on to consider the procedure we must adopt and that is put on. The word there in the Greek is enduo, be endued with. Uh, endued with power from on high. Sometimes uh, we think of those words, ye shall be endued with power. Uh, and <coughs> the word is the same word here. <coughs> That's where our word endued comes from. So to put on, it actually means in, en means in, and duo means to, to um, sink into. But in this particular sense, it means to be sunk into some kind of a clothing. So when these two words come together, it makes a slightly different word, as, as lots of words in English do. So there are some verses which use this word, and I think it's useful just to look at them, uh, not in any detail, but just to read them, really. Romans 13 and verse 14, of course, we've already made mention of, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the procedure for putting on uh, this armor of light is to put on Christ. Be clothed with Christ. Be Christ-like. Know Christ. How do we know Christ? Read the Gospels. Particularly, read the Gospels. Fill your heart with the Gospels. Because there we see how Christ deals with situations. Ephesians 4 and verse 24, there we read, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Put on the new man. 
That can be taken two ways. Kind of in the light of what we've just read about putting on Christ, we could say that putting on the new man is actually putting on Christ because he is the new man. He is the one who is raised from the dead. He is the one who has overcome death. He is the one who goes before us. And it is in him that we have righteousness. It is in him we have salvation. And it says, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Putting on the new man. We are seeking to put on righteousness. To be like Jesus. To be holy. Separated. That word holy becomes a, a, a jargon word. That we don't really understand what holy is. We know that God is holy. And we kind of think of holy as being ultra-righteous. But righteous is ultra-righteous. So what is holy then? Well, the, the word holy exactly means separated. It means different. God is holy because he is different. We are to be different. We are to be clothed with light. So we are putting on the new man. Ephesians 6, uh, we have made mention of already, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the, whole, against the wiles of the devil. Uh, make, not, uh, make no provision for the flesh. Uh, Ephesians 6.14, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on or having put on, that's the same word even though it's translated there just as on, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So you can see that connection to righteousness again. You see, it is the way we actually live. It's not just the way we think that we are to be holy, we are to be separate, we are to be righteous, that we are to evidence those things. Therefore, we are constantly striving against temptations. We are striving against the world we are seeking to be like the Lord Jesus Christ who was tempted. Uh, that is, all circumstances came before him. In all points, like as we are, yet without sin. And the word tempted, as I've said before, the word pirasmos, I've used this many times in many sermons. The word tempted there is translated two ways. One is the temptation to do something. The other is a trial, a trial of faith. And Christ was tried in all points like as we are. And then we have in Colossians and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge and after the image of him that created him. And that, again, is very interesting because Paul wrote both of those. He wrote, put on the new man, which, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And he writes to the Colossians, that was to the Ephesians, to the Colossians, put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Renewed, renewed and created. See, this is a new thing. This is a Christian thing. This is something which comes with salvation. Therefore, we need to be putting on those things. We need to be immersed in those things. And then also, uh, in Galatians 3, verse 27, Paul again writes and says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That's not talking about baptism by water, but it's talking about baptism in the spirit, but ye have put on Christ. So we, we need to continue. So often we, we seem to be able to put off Christ and go back to the world. We want to be able to mingle with the world. We can't mingle with the world while we have on an armor of light, so you have to take it off. And it seems that so often we hide 
the light under a bushel instead of setting it on a candlestick where it might light the house. Colossians 3.12, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. You know, that, those things seem to be in short supply in these days. I mentioned uh, already these words today have been up on my mind, every man for himself. And it seems very often within churches, every man's for himself. What do I get out of church? What do I get from this? And if I don't get what I want, then I'm going to go somewhere else. But what we should we be thinking is, what can I give to this congregation? What can I give to help my brother or my sister? What can I give that I might bring something into the congregation? I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about time, effort, prayer, consideration, forgiveness. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. First Thessalonians 5.8, we read, who are, But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. The breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Putting on. This is all part of the armor of light. And then finally, just to uh, finish up, the person that we may ask. Moses, we know, came down from the mount with his face shining because he'd been in the presence of God. So we can ask these questions. Why? Was his face shining? Well, because he was in fellowship with God. So how do we put on this armor of light? We need fellowship with God. We need to spend time in God's presence. When we spend time in God's presence, actual time, where nothing else comes in and breaks that time. We have the Lord's Day, which is set aside, that we might glorify him and think upon him. But even that in these days is not set aside wholly. But we come, we need fellowship with God. God demonstrates that in the Sabbath day. But it demonstrates it that we need that time, uh, perhaps a, a tenth of every day, to spend in his presence. Uh, in 1 John 1, 7 it says, If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. If we walk in the light, we, we, we have fellowship one with another. Then we can say also, not just fellowship, but communion. There was actual communion. God was speaking to Moses and Moses was speaking to God. They were communicating with each other. We need that communication with God. We need to be talking to God. We need to be hearing from God. And then finally, of Moses, we might say, he received the law of God. <clears throat> psalm 119 of verse 1, the first verse of that very long psalm. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, there are many who say that we're not under law, we're under grace. But what is the law of the Lord but the purposes of God? 
the delight of God. Those things which the Lord would have us to honour, that we might honour one another and honour him. And so whatever your position is on the Old Testament law, what is really being said here is to walk to please God. To walk to please God. We have the testimony of Enoch, that which was that he pleased God. And it's not just Enoch who pleased God. Noah pleased God. And in the New Testament, we read on a number of occasions that we ought to please God. And we can please God. It's a strange thing. I often think we're sinners. How can we please God? And yet the scripture tells us that we can please God, that God is pleased with things that we do. So let's seek to put on the armor of light. Let's seek to put on Christ and the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of faith and love, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering that we might shine in this dark world as the servants of the living God, the God of light. May the Lord bless these thoughts to our hearts.